Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. Pour me, pour me another drink. Cause I don't wanna feel a thing no more. Hell no. I just wanna sip it till the pain wears off. Make them drink strong, cause brother she's gone. And if I'm ever gonna move on, I'ma need some whiskey glasses. Cause I don't wanna see the truth. She's probably making out on the couch right now with someone new. Yeah, I'ma need some whiskey glasses. If I'm gonna make it through. If I'ma be single, I'ma need a Make them drink strong, cause brother she's gone. And if I'm ever gonna move on, I'ma need some whiskey glasses. Cause I don't wanna see the truth. She's probably making out on the couch right now with someone new. Yeah, I'ma need some whiskey glasses. If I'm gonna make it through. If I'ma be single, I'ma need a If she ain't ever coming back, line em up, line em up, line em up, line em up, knock em back, knock em back, knock em back, knock em back, fill em up, fill em up, fill em up, fill em up, cause if she ain't ever coming back, I'ma need some whiskey glasses, cause I don't wanna see the truth.
Misfit Nation. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you were leading a path towards the dark, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone you love or embarrassed that you have something going on in your head, please call the anonymous hotline at one 800 273-8255 and press option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps to include the Military Broadcast Radio app. And check out our family of shows. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's at the underscore Misfit Nation. D underscore Misfit Nation, one word Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a speaker, a teacher, writer, and a researcher. He helps you understand the process for creating true success in your life by understanding how to use your brain the right way, overcoming your problems, achieving your goals, and ending frustrations. He is the host of the podcast, Using Your Brain for Success, and creator of Neurostate Rebalancing, MSR, a process which automatically gets the four parts of your brain working the right way to bring you, bring you the life you want. He's experienced a, an experienced marriage and relationship coach, host of the Growing in Love Life podcast, author of more than 20 books, and creator of four relationship coaching programs. So without further ado, let's welcome Liam Nagel to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Liam. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Rich. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, thanks Pleasure for to be here. taking some of your uh, late evening there to uh, hang out with us here and, and share your story with the Misfit Nation. No, it's, it's a pleasure. If you don't mind, Liam, I want you to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself from as far back as you want to go, uh, discounting anything I just messed up in your bio there and uh, sharing uh, some of your story with the Misfit Nation, bringing us to where we are now. Sure. Well, probably like uh, many of your listeners, I've been through hard times as well. And in fact, in my mid-40s, I went from being a multimillionaire and having what I thought was a successful life, literally to becoming homeless. I lost everything. And I had to move back into my elderly mother's small apartment and sleep on the sofa in her living room. You know, she was in her 70s and she had to go out to work each day just to pay for my food. That's how hopeless a situation I was in. So, but you know, <clears throat> out of that, a lot of really good things came and, and really that's the basis for what I do now because what really puzzled me about that whole experience was firstly why it had happened to me. Because for all of my life, pretty much, I was a student of success. I was always trying to figure out how could I be more, do more, be successful. And I did everything from study religion to spirituality to goal setting. I had my own businesses. I was really driven to be successful. You know, I went to seminars and studied all sorts of things in personal development in those areas as well. I went all over the world, even to your great country. Um, but, but the fact is, I ended up with nothing. I still ended up losing everything. And I thought at the time, you know, I'm such an expert on success, and I've been really successful. Why has this happened to me? How could it happen? Because I thought I knew how to be in control of my life. I've studied all the books, all the experts. But anyway, I got through that whole experience. And after that, 
things in my life went in quite a different direction. And what I noticed, instead of struggling to be successful and struggling to make money and do things that I wanted to do and have lots of problems, things started to work out a bit more easily. I started to attract different sorts of people into my life. And I created new business opportunities that were giving me the, the income I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I was having a much happier life. And at one point, I remember saying, you know, I don't really have any stress or problems. Everything's flowing along really well. So I thought, what's the difference here? What, what's the difference between my old life of stress, struggle, trying to achieve success and ending up with all sorts of problems and ultimately losing everything? And now my life's just flowing a lot better. I'm a lot happier and I'm, I'm doing everything I want to do. And I feel like I'm free and in control of my life. And really that took me into a, a whole area of a study because remember, I'd studied all sorts of stuff to do with success, but I'd never really studied the fundamentals, which was how we really get the results we do in our life. And what I discovered was it's all to do with this thing between our ears that no one's ever taught us how to use properly called our brain. And that's really what I do now is help other people to understand how their brain works, how it's designed to work, what it's supposed to do, and how when you use it the right way, you actually get a life that you actually want rather than a life of struggle. That's outstanding. I mean, that's a journey you went on there. And it, uh, like you said, you thought you were 100% successful, wound up from the top to the bottom, rock bottom, basically, and going back in with mom. And I'm sure mom was not very happy with that. And uh, <laughs> having to supply her 40 year old son with some food and actually working to do that while you tried yeah. to find yourself again but that's and uh, that's something uh, families are, are good at and uh, they'll they'll help you even though they begrudgingly don't want to they thought they were free empty nesters and you were gone and being successful and then they had to show you again how to get back on your feet so these are life lessons that you had right there. that's a big life lesson right there like you said you went to all those seminars you learned how to be a success but not the why behind it when what was the light bulb that came on and said the neuroscience behind it is what really helps being successful? Well, what I actually did, because I thought um, it was some time after I was back on my feet and things were going really well. And I thought, I want to figure out what I'm doing differently because things are very different. And I want to make sure I keep doing it because it's working. So I thought, well, I need to, where, where can I look to understand what I'm doing? And I thought, Maybe what I should start with is the basics and say, who are we and, and how do we operate? Why are we here? And what I discovered was, because no one's really answered that question. Well, a lot of people have tried to answer that question. and Everyone's got different, different ideas. But on one level, we can all agree with one thing, and that's where we live in a biological world. We are biological beings. We have life. We have physical life. And in fact, there is a purpose to all physical life, and that's to survive and thrive. In other words, all of life, including human life, is set up not only to survive, but to be the best that it's, it can be, so it has the greatest chance to survive. So that, that made sense to me. So we're here to survive, and we're here to thrive. But of course, thriving doesn't just mean being physically good, healthy, strong to to fight off disease or attackers. It actually means being your best mentally and emotionally as well. In other words, thriving means being happy. And that's, so in other words, biologically, we're designed to be happy. We're designed to thrive. That, because by being happy, we have an even greater chance of survival, which is what we're here for. 
So that, okay, that makes sense. We're here to survive like all other living things. We're here to thrive like all other living things. And because we, we have a mental and emotional side, which many other living creatures don't have, but we do have that, we're also here for that to survive and thrive. We're here to be happy. So I thought, this has nature provided us with anything to make that happen? And I thought, yes, it has, the brain. And it turns out the brain, our own brain, is a machine whose specific job is to, is, is to make sure that we survive and thrive. And that means it's designed to make sure we're the best we can be physically, but also our happiest, emotionally and mentally happy. Our brain is designed to bring us that. And the fact that we don't have that, so many people don't have that, I thought, well, why is that the case? Because if that's what it's designed to do, but it's not doing it, there can be only one reason, and that is we're not using it the right way. Because it's a little bit like a motor car, which is another sort of a machine. I mean, a motor car is a machine that is very specifically designed for one purpose, <clears throat> and that's to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And it's to do that safely, easily, comfortably, enjoyably, predictably, without any guesswork or without any doubt, you know that it's, it's what it's there for. That's what it's designed for. But the thing is, if you got into a motor car and you didn't know how to drive it, it's not going to do its job. It's not going to take you there easily. And you're going to struggle and try and figure out what to do. And you might even get out and decide, well, the way to get this machine moving is to get out and push. Yeah. So I'm going to put in all of this struggle, all of this effort, and I'm going to be determined and motivated, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. But you end up just being exhausted. You end up struggling. And it's not an enjoyable trip. You don't get very far. And, you, and it's just a complete waste of energy and effort, isn't it? Whereas if someone had said to you, well, why are you doing that? All you need to do is get in, use the right levers, right buttons, the right whatever it is, pedals, very simple. And then the, the, the car will do its job for you. That's what it's designed to do. And the brain works in exactly the same way. It's a machine. It's designed to work a certain way to give us this result of a happy, fulfilling life, thriving, in other words, which is what our biological purpose is. But if we're not doing that, it can only be because we're using it the wrong way. And I thought no one's ever taught us how to use it, which is really strange, given that it's the most powerful machine that exists. And also it is designed to make us really happy. That's what it's there for. So why has no one ever taught us how to do it? So what my mission is now is to teach people how the brain works, to give them a user's manual and to help them understand that this machine that the brain of what the brain is and do what I did, use it in a different way and see your life turn out in the way it's supposed to turn out for you to thrive as well as survive. That's outstanding. And you're right. They don't really teach us anything about how to use what's between the, the two ears here holding in the brain housing unit there. We, we have this beautiful Crazy. Uh, muscle that's up there. Uh, probably the hardest working part of our body is our brain because it makes everything else work. And we don't use much, probably 3% of it on a daily basis if that if we're lucky and uh, I'm glad that you're able to make this a uh, guide for people to help them uh, thrive and use their entire brain. Uh, have you uh, been doing this via seminar or are you uh, live or how you been doing it? Uh, well, I have a coach. I, well, I have a podcast actually called using your brain for success. And I go into a lot of detail about how your brain is and how it works. And I also have a coaching program where I explain in even more detail how to use it the right way. And I've even developed a process called neurostate rebalancing, 
which I think you mentioned earlier. And this is a process which gets your brain, as, the, as it sounds like, rebalanced. So it's working the right way. So that you actually start getting the results you want in your life rather than struggling against life. Because, you know, I don't think God or whoever we want to call it um, designed us to have a hard life. Struggling is not natural. Struggling only harms us. It doesn't make us live any longer and therefore fulfill our biological purpose. It's not making us the best we can be and, and you know, strong and healthy. So it's, it's, it really is simply a question of um, understanding how to use it. And, and as I say, this neurostate rebalancing process, which I've developed, as a way of getting your brain working the right way. That's outstanding. And uh, hopefully people are catching on and starting to thrive a little more instead of struggling. If you, you are struggling, it's not, it's not fun for anyone. And I don't think uh, our creator had that in mind when he, he made it or that we were made in his image or her image, however you think about it. And uh, I think that's- Well, it's interesting you mention that because what does it say in the Bible? Do not struggle. Do right. not worry about tomorrow. Have no worry about what you shall eat, drink, or wear. All that will be provided for you. It's not about struggle. And that's not just a nice idea. That's an instruction. That's how your life is supposed to be. And God or whoever has given you the machine to enable that to happen. All you need to do is use it properly. But you can't blame God if you're not using it properly. <laughs> but they will. Really. <laughs> People will blame yeah. and anyone else possible to make it not their fault. Uh, yeah. What's one uh, one thing that holds nearly everyone back from being successful? Well, not understanding how their brain works. And I mean, that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? Right. And uh, yeah, and I can, I can certainly, you know, for your listeners, share a little bit about how the brain works. I've created quite a simple model to yes. understand because, because like a car, you you know, you don't get into a car to learn how to drive it and have to know the name of every little wire and piece of metal and what it does. You don't need to know all of that technical stuff. You just need to know, well, this is, this was what this does and this is what this does and the use in this order and then it all works. And it is the same with our brain because even though it's an, an incredibly complex and powerful machine, it's actually quite simple in the way it operates. Yeah. Once you put it to simple terms, it's easy to understand it and, uh, if you start thinking about the neuroscience of it or the mm. emitting uh, nerves and everything going through their electronics simulation, people get lost in it. But if you bring it into simple terms, I think more listeners, the more of the audience will understand it. And I think that helps out a lot. Okay. Well, can I share with you the model for how your brain works? Yes, you can. How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, essentially, the first thing to realize is your brain is an almost infinitely powerful machine. It has the computing power of 500 trillion microprocessors. They've done experiments trying to compare supercomputers with a human brain. And they did one recently or a few years now in Japan. One of the biggest supercomputers did, did uh, to see how long it would take to carry out what the brain does in one second. And what, the, what your brain does in one second took this computer, one of the most powerful on the earth, on the planet, 40 minutes wow. to do what your brain does in one second. So we have no idea how incredibly powerful your brain is. But here's the thing, because even though it's powerful, it's got to be powerful to give you the, to do its job, to give you this ideal life that you're supposed to be living. So you thrive. So it has to be powerful, but it's simple in the way it operates. And essentially it has four parts. There are four different brains, if you like. The first one is your thinking brain. 
And this is located on the top of your head. And obviously these have all got scientific terms and, and all, all that, but I'm just simplifying this as a model, which is easy to understand. But your thinking brain, what this does is this takes all of the information that you experience or that you bring in from your environment in every moment and throughout your life through your five senses. So everything you smell, taste, touch, hear, and see is, is, store, is recorded and stored in your thinking brain. So your thinking brain is like a big library or a database of all of your knowledge and all of your experience. And it includes your thoughts as well. It's all stored in there. The second part of your brain, so that's the thinking brain. The second part is your feeling brain, your emotional brain. And this is the part that's responsible for giving you the feelings that you have. It produces chemicals that make you feel either good or bad. So you're either feeling loving, happy, grateful, all those things, or stressed, afraid, and worried, all produced in your feeling brain. The third part is your mechanical survival brain, surviving brain, if you like. This is at the back of your head. And this part of your brain looks after all of the functions in your body just to keep you alive. So it's all of the automatic things like all your organs functioning, your breathing, your heart rate, you know, everything that's, that's functioning basically to, as a machine to keep you alive. And it does one other really important thing to make sure you survive. Remember, it's your surviving brain. And it, it's this, it's, it creates, a, it has a mechanism to deal with the odd occasion in your life when you're faced with an unexpected and immediate threat to your survival or, or even something that could harm you or even kill you. So for instance, in prehistoric times, you might be walking along in the forest and a, and a lion rushes out and roars at you. So the survival part of your brain has a mechanism to deal with that. And it's sometimes called the fight, flight, freeze mechanism. We've probably heard of that. So the survival brain in that instance, it activates this, this mechanism to immediately deal with the threat or the danger. So you, you would shout out for help or you run away or you stand to fight. Whatever you might do, it's just a reaction to an immediate danger to take you out of that immediate danger. So that's all happens in the surviving brain. Now, the fourth part of the brain, and this is less understood or has been less understood until recently by neuroscientists, but there's more and more work being done to, to find out the, the significance of this part of your brain. This is called your creating brain. Now, this is the part of the brain where your imagination comes from, your creativity, your resourcefulness, your gut feelings about things, your in instinctual, I don't think that's right, or I do think that's right. It's these ideas that you get that don't come from your thoughts. You don't know where they come from. Artists and musicians and people who create talk about this, like, for instance, as a composer, they say, well, I, I heard the music and then I wrote it down, but I don't know where the music came from. It was somewhere else. So this is all controlled by your creative brain. And some of the other things that it does, this is actually, well, actually, this is the part that's really responsible for creating your ideal life. This is what manages your environment and yourself to make sure you're happy and you're thriving. So as part of that, remember I said the brain is infinitely powerful, pretty much. As part of that, it also manages your environment. And this sounds strange if you're not aware of the power of the brain and how it can do this. But things that you think are luck or coincidence or synchronicities or chance events, they're not actually chance events because there's no chance events in this universe. There couldn't be, otherwise it would all collapse. It wouldn't be able to function. 
everything happens in a very orderly way. And this is what your creative brain does. It brings you the right people. It brings you the right circumstances. You know, it's when you meet the person you're going to marry and you, and you go, I'm going to marry that person. And you've never met them before or you, you didn't know anything. You'd never heard of them until five minutes before. This is all managed by your creative brain. So the point with these four parts of your brain is the way you're supposed to live, the way you thrive, where you survive and thrive and be your best and live this happy life, which is giving you the greatest chance of survival with lots of good things happening and you're dealing with problems as they come up and making the, doing the right things and not doing the wrong things and you're feeling motivated and inspired to do all the right things and things are flowing along in your life really well. This is all your creative brain running your life, and that's the way you're supposed to be. That's the way we're supposed to live. And in fact, science even has a word for this. It's called homeostasis. Homeostasis is the state for every living thing of being in perfect equilibrium, where everything is functioning perfectly. And that's the way all life is supposed to be. It's all supposed to function perfectly, again, because it's supposed to be that it's best so it can thrive. So you have this state as well called homeostasis, and it's managed by your, the creative part of your brain to make sure everything you're feeling good, everything physically and everything about you is operating to the best it can. And, you, and as I say, you're happy. Now, there's only one time that that's not useful. There's only one time when it's not useful for you to be happy, creative, resourceful, enjoying life and, and doing lots of great things. And that time is when on the very rare occasion, a lion runs out at you from the jungle and roars at you. Or some threat, something comes into your life that's a threat to your immediate survival that could kill you or at least harm you there and then. And what happens in that state, what the brain actually does when it sees that danger, when it sees an immediate danger, it blocks off the creative part of your brain and it takes all of those resources and puts them into that fight, flight, freeze, survival part of your brain to react, to deal with that danger immediately. So, because you don't need your creative brain to do that. In fact, your creative brain would be a hindrance. You know, you, you can't have a lion running at you and you're thinking, oh, what beautiful weather we have today. And, oh, I smell the flowers. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's not a danger after all. I don't know. It's a lovely lion. Look how beautiful its fur its, um, coat is. You, know? you can't be thinking any, any of that. You'd be dead. So your brain intentionally blocks all of that off because it's not helpful and it's indeed harmful. Could be. And it puts all of that resource and all of your energy into reacting to that immediate danger. And as I said, you might shout, run away, whatever. And you need all your energy to be able to do that. Now, as soon as they've, your brain has dealt with that uh, danger, so the, you've run away from the lion or climbed up a tree or you've fought it off or some people have come to help or whatever, then you go back and then your brain says, right, everything's good now. Go back to your creative state. And you go back into that state of feeling happy and all good. So this is the way we're supposed to live. We're supposed to be happy most of the time, except when something really dangerous that could threaten us comes along. But what's the problem? The problem is because, remember, what happens when your brain sees the danger, your emotional brain activates chemicals to make you feel afraid and worried and stressed. And in fact, that's all fear, worry and stress are, are signs from your brain that it's telling you that you're facing an immediate danger to your survival. But what's weird about that is that most people are feeling stressed and worried a lot of the time. And, and it's not because of something immediately about to threaten them. It's because of something they watch on TV 
or a conversation they have with somebody or, or being with somebody or a thought they have. These aren't immediate threats to their survival. So what's going on? Well, for some reason, their brain has become confused and thinks that, that it is. But the problem is, when you feel fear, stress, worry, and anxiety, which is your brain's response to telling you you've got an immediate threat to your survival, you've shut down all your creative brain. You've shut down all of the part of your brain that is designed to bring you a problem-free, stress-free, wonderful, perfect life. So if you're trying to solve problems in that state, you'll never be able to do it because the problem-solving part of your brain, you've shut off. You've only got the reactive part of your brain. That's, that's a very limited part. The part that only sees negative, the world in a very negative way because it's looking out for, for danger, where all the dangers are. So you can see where this is. To reset your brain, you have to get your brain to realize the difference, that it's all right to feel afraid when there really is something to be afraid of, but all of those other times that your brain is, is saying there's something to be afraid of when there isn't, you need to find a way to, to show your brain or to re use your brain in a different way so that it's not acting activating that fear state. Does that make sense? Right there for the last two years, that's what most people have lived in. Like I think in an uncertain world, you want to call it that. They watched one part of the news and, oh, this COVID's going to kill us if, if I don't walk this side of the street, uh, left foot first, or if I don't take this vaccine, if I don't wear a mask, I'm going to die. So they lived in that fear for the last well, two plus years now and all over the world and the whole world was gripped by that and if people would understand to tackle that by saying it's not the immediate threat the immediate threat is maybe i'll get sick or but i can also fight that a different way once it happens instead of worrying that if i get this i'm going to die immediately and that's what i think most of well, and it's and and what have we seen over the last two years totally irrational behavior it's, because people in a fear state, their brain is irrational. Their brain just reacts. And one of the things you, your brain does in that survival state, it makes you very um, susceptible to being controlled. And, and you, you view a, that part of your brain as very open to authority and having, been, and having someone else tell you something and you answer without question or, or you act without question, you, you obey. Because in a survival situation, Imagine you're in the village and the barbarians are coming across the hill or the lions. You need a leader. You need someone to tell you what to do and to act instantly, not to think about it, not to, to question. So it's a survival instinct as well that you are much more open to taking direction from somebody else. And we see this all the time when people do irrational things because they, they are being, being told by other people to do it. This has happened throughout history, through wars and all sorts of things. People have acted in very irrational ways because they've been told to do it. Because their survival brain in that survival state, that's all it can do. That's, it's an automatic response. Somebody who looks like an authority tells me what to do, I must do it. But in your creative brain, you see that it's all irrational and you see the truth. But of course, if you want to make sure people behave in a certain way, you activate their fear-based brain and then tell them what to do and they'll do it exactly it's just the way it's this is a biological this is the way your biological machine works it's not this isn't eerie fairy stuff this is just pure mechanics right and uh on the survival brain survival brain and the creativity brain uh, a lot of our listeners are veterans so in combat you can be just be on patrol having a good day walking and like you said the lion jumps out of the woods or we'll call it the enemy in this case 
they jump out and they start attacking you, you almost goes on autopilot that sort of fight or flight right there. Yeah. And that's how almost every yeah. soldier that you can you would ever talk to will tell you their experience in combat. It was almost autopilot. You go from happy go lucky, mm. all of a sudden I'm supposed to do this whole checklist here right now to go through this battle. This battle drills in my head. I know how to do it because it's fight or flight at this point. So that's definitely right on yeah. there with the survival brain. Hmm. And it's I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's incredibly useful. It, well, it's vital to our survival in a certain type of situation, which is an immediate threat to our survival. But it's a hindrance to us the rest of the time to be using that part of our brain. And unfortunately, what happens is most people try and struggle to, to, to create their ideal life. So they set goals and they struggle to achieve them and they work harder and they get more stressed and frustrated without realizing you have a part of your brain that's programmed to give you everything you want. It's far more powerful than it knows more about you than you think you know, because remember, this isn't your thinking brain. Your thinking brain is not designed to figure out your how to solve your problems either. It doesn't know. All your thinking brain knows is what is based on what experience you've had in your life. And you, you might not have ever had learned anything about what's right for you. You probably haven't. But you've picked up all of these ideas that have come down as being the truth and facts, if you like, and you've stored them in there. So you can't use your thinking brain. You've got to allow your creative brain. And again, the Bible had it exactly right. Because when you trust the creative brain, that means you're not afraid. Because the Bible also says more than 360 times, be not afraid, have no fear, have faith, believe. And what it's telling you on a physical level, this is how your brain works. If you want to have the, your ideal life, you've got to cut out fear, except when it's absolutely nece necessary in a life-threatening situation. But the rest of the time, you've got to trust and allow your creative brain to do its job to, to get you thriving. That's what it's there for. Exactly. And uh... I appreciate that whole uh, lesson on the brain there. I'm sure the audience uh, understands it a lot better now and uh, how to activate it. How does someone get in touch with you to maybe learn more about it one-on-one -on -one, or how do they find your podcast? Everything's on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. I'll find everything there, See? including how to get hold of me if I can help. That's super simple right there. Just your name. Everyone can just find you right there. That's awesome. Liam, thanks again for taking some of your time to share your knowledge and your story with the Misfit Nation. Thank you, Rich. It's uh, been a pleasure. Really nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Have a good uh, rest of your evening. <laughs> Thank you. You, too. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are Fit Nation.